0: dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For
1: beginners who are new to games as well as experienced players who want something new.
0: Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together.
1: We're your hosts Lauren and Greg and Friday is game night.
0: Happy Friday everyone welcome to Friday's game night.
1: In this episode we'll discuss how the look of the game can make a big difference in how you play and enjoy that game. In the dice roll we'll talk our favorite game expansions, we will give a spooky escape room report, and of course, talk our Friday favorites.
0: You know, Lauren, they say that you shouldn't really judge a book by its cover, but that's for books, not board games. (laughs) So sometimes I think the look of a game can really influence whether you buy it or not.
1: Very true. And how much you enjoy it as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of games that I've looked at on the shelves. Like, you know, you go into a board game store or even like a bookstore or something, because like they sell them in like Barnes Noble and whatever, you know. And I'll be like, maybe I want to get a game. Look at this. Like, ooh, this looks pretty. Oh, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all about me just getting the initial, like, grabbing me with that, you know, three seconds of look at this art, look at the theme, look at the how maybe the board looks like it's laid out and designed in the back, mm-hmm. you know? And then that's really what influences my decision the most. So recently when we were going on to go buy a new game, that kind of was being a major influence for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So we thought that'd be a good episode or a good topic for us today about how the look of a game really matters. Looks do matter.
1: So there are a ton of board games, right?
0: Probably a literal ton, I bet you. Probably, if you yeah. you put one so, of each together. So
1: when you go to the game store you know, and you're not looking for anything particular, there has to be something that makes the game stand out on the shelf to you Mm -hmm. in order for you to pick it up and look at it and say, what's this? You don't go to every game going, what's this? What's this? What's this? You know, we're not Jack Skellington. Thank you. I was just about to say, (laughs) this is
0: why you get me.
1: (laughs) So there has to be something that makes it kind of jump off the shelf.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Unless you have a recommendation from some other source, a Mm -hmm. friend, or some online thing that you've heard about. Yeah, unless you're going
1: and looking for something in particular.
0: Yeah, you know, or even just like you should check out games by this designer or games that are, you know, uh, about this. Like if you're a big uh, Star Trek fan, Uh you might be looking for Star Trek games. yeah. And that's fine. But if you're there just kind of looking for just whatever jumps out at you, it's almost like going to like the cereal aisle and then Uh you know being like I want to get a cereal we actually did that recently for one of our game nights we had a cereal night where everyone brought their favorite kitty cereal you know we just had a bunch of milk and stuff (laughs) but it's like that and I kind of had the same thing when I was there getting that it's I'm looking at all these brightly colored boxes with these cartoon characters looking at me, you know, mm-hmm. like Captain Crunch, uh, Toucan Sam, all the other ones, you know, the, the Rice Krispie guys whose names I can never remember, you know. <laughs> Are they elves? I think they're supposed yeah. to be elves or something. They're like the Keebler elves that like couldn't quite make cookies. <laughs> you know, they kept messing up and like I mm-hmm. guess we'll just turn this into something else, yeah. <laughs> but it's very hard to kind of decide like which one do I want because technically speaking they're all good. They all have their own reasons that you can enjoy them. You know, yeah. same with board games. You know, this card game is enjoyable, I'm sure, as is this dice rolling game, as is this big old RPG in a box, mm-hmm. you know. But it's just, it's, it's you know, first of all, your flavor that you like. Yeah, you know, it's a some matter of what like speaks this versus to you. That. But even when you narrow it down to, I'm going to get a dice rolling game, one mm-hmm. that just rolls dice and I put them on cards or whatever, whatever. You still have to decide which one captures me more which one gets yeah. my attention the most you know mm-hmm. because if you're gonna be playing a game you're gonna be staring at this thing for at least an hour yeah. every time that you play it
1: yeah and there's a lot of games maybe that are somewhat similar too so which one is the one that really speaks to you um and i've had that go other ways too where there's been a i know there's one game that i've had my eye on it's called time stories um and i believe it's about it has to do with time travel but if you look at the box it's just kind of this plain white box And it has kind of like this Like a robot or something? Yeah, robot thing on it. You can't really tell what it is. It's very mysterious looking. You don't really know what it's about. And so I kind of would always see that box and be like, hmm, but, you know, I I don't know what this is about. I don't, you know, it would catch my eye, but it wouldn't really draw me in because I didn't really know. And it wasn't until recently I saw some of the components in there and I saw the artwork of those. And suddenly I was more motivated to be like, hmm, I want to know what this is about. But the box itself wasn't doing that for me.
0: See, meanwhile, I'm kind of the opposite. I saw that box. Mm-hmm. I know exactly the box you're talking about. I'm like, I'm just, I immediately discarded it. Yeah, I yeah. I disregarded exactly. it because mm-hmm. there's not enough there to tell me instantly what this is really about. So, you Yeah. Know, I, it's kind of like, and you know, I, I, I understand that this is a good game. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of the Beatles' White Album. Yeah. Their album cover was literally super super white and like in one like slightly off shade white it just said the beatles like Mm -hmm. in one corner but like that's supposed to be one of their best albums ever Uh you know so maybe i shouldn't disregard it just because of that you know but (laughs) at the same time you know i see this white box with like just a robot on it or i see this box over here with four kids uh, looking like wizards being surrounded by tentacles and monsters and all this other stuff coming at them and guess which one i'm gonna go for <laughs> yeah the one that's like instantly within that one second of me looking at it is telling me a story
1: uh-huh
0: of like here's some teenage kids that are somewhat harry potter-esque fighting off critters of some yeah. kind or another you know
1: yeah so i mean that's kind of one of the things that's kept me from kept me from buying it or looking more into it is because the box just i was like Huh? Like I, I keep seeing this, but I don't know what it is. So I'm not, you know, I'm wasn't, I wasn't influenced to investigate further until recently when I saw what was inside the box.
0: Now, to be fair, a lot of boxes they do show you the game laid out on the back.
1: Sometimes, yeah.
0: Yeah, not all the time. I'd say the majority, though, yeah. right? Like, I could more mm-hmm. than half, you know? Yeah,
1: but even then, sometimes, like, sometimes it's a good way to get a mm-hmm. flavor or sense of it, but sometimes you can't, you know, because it's, like, small and you're not sure, you know? Yeah,
0: but, I mean, I do know I've seen the thing for Timeline as well, and I've seen how it's kind of like a elongated board, uh-huh. and it looks like, the, for me, once again, it's I need to be told immediately, or at least have a sense of how this plays and, like, what, my main thing's going to be, uh-huh. you know, and yeah, there's a couple of paragraphs on the back that can explain that to me. But at the same time, if I'm like, you know, just in a kind of indecisive mode, you know, yeah. I don't want to sit there and read everything. I'm not going to read the back uh-huh. of every cereal box. Going back yeah. to my original example, reading the backstory of Captain Crunch and how he like, you know, started off as like a, a cabin boy and made his way up to uh-huh. Captain you know, or whatever.
1: But that back of the box can also be very telling and help make that decision of whether you're going to buy it or not. It can, yeah. Because, um, for instance, you know, sometimes you'll pick up a box, you'll turn it over, you'll see all the components, and you'll just be like, oh, whoa, that's way too many components. Sometimes it's way too much. It's way too much stuff that looks super complicated, and I just, no, I'm not going to invest in this. You know, recently I showed you a Kickstarter that I had found, and Mm -hmm. at first, my first inclination was, oh, this looks really cool. The theme looks cool. They put a lot of work into making the the video for their Kickstarter. It has really highly detailed miniatures. Yeah. I liked the theme. And you showed then, me this video. Yeah. And
0: like as we're going along, it's like it's got little hexagonal squares that you mm-hmm. can lay out different each time. And as you go along, stuff happens and you start to flip those over to show that this room is done or destroyed or whatever. It's got cool little miniatures. And yeah, but then the video kept going. And it keeps adding on more pieces. Yeah. Oh, you're putting cubes on the thing. Oh, there's extra cards on the side. Yeah, oh, there's monsters you can pull out. Oh, those monsters have stats. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, like, and
1: then it's like zooms out and it shows this huge table full of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is too much. Like, no, 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 that's too much. Like, I, I can't invest in the game like Like, like I said, it's... And the, some people like that. But, you know, that's where I think that back of the box really, like, lets you know, is this the game for you? Is this too many components?
0: You know what it is? the box of a game it's like it's handshake in introducing itself mm-hmm. to you if you have a really cr- like bone crushing handshake like that you're like oh no thank you this is too <laughs> much for me if you have like a really limp handshake people are like oh that's i'm not gonna uh-huh. you know this that's not enough you gotta have just the right kind of you know level of you know um not too complex not too simple uh-huh. sometimes you know like sometimes you do want that hardcore complex like let's get into this let's Let's learn this and like make this an entire thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. But other times you're like, no, I'm looking for like something more middle of the road. So, <laughs> and like, yeah, as cool as that game looked, I was like, oh no, that's like three or four layers too many.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just too much. Just the setup alone would take so long that mm-hmm. by the time you set it all up, your friends would be bored and not want to play anymore.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the main problem with it. It looks cool, you know, but at the same time, it's as daunting as it is for you to try to learn ahead of time. And we've talked about this before, saying that if you have a new game, being that you are the owner, it's uh-huh. your responsibility to learn the rules ahead of time to teach people. If it's going to take you more than five minutes to teach people how to play, it's going to be a hard sell. Unless everyone knows on board ahead of time, like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to learn a really complex thing. You yeah. Know? Because otherwise, it's going to be like, uh, you're going to lose them, and then you have to reiterate things. And then as the game goes along, people make mistakes. And, well, I didn't know... I couldn't do, you know, it's too uh-huh. much. Yeah. So like, really, just look into the back of a box. Sometimes you can be like, uh, too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so getting into that low, when okay, so we've we've passed the box, open the box. Mm-hmm. We're getting into the components. I feel like components can really also make or break the game. You know, I know for myself because I paint the miniatures for our D and D sessions and things like that. Um, any game that has miniatures, I'm automatically more drawn to nowadays. Yeah, it has a cool miniature like that excites me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if you look at the original version of Risk, Mm -hmm. all the little soldiers and stuff were literally just like colored geometric shapes like cubes or like circles or Uh pentagons or whatever, you know, just to denominate like how big and strong that thing was. But now if you buy any Risk, it's going to have like actual little figurines of like soldiers and horsemen and cannons or Uh whatever, you know, or whatever theme you're playing. So yeah, like that makes a big difference. I'm going to buy the one that looks more like what I'm actually playing than like Shapes to just represent.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting too because meeples have come a long way and meeples are usually, mm-hmm. they look like little wooden people essentially.
0: Like little people like in the basic star shape of head, arms, and hands. Yeah, and exactly.
1: Stuff. But as, as time goes on you're seeing meeples kind of advance. Like for instance, we own a game called Clank which is a deck building game where you're kind of doing this dungeon dive essentially. Mm -hmm. And the those meeples, they're still just wooden meeples of different colors to denote player color. But like one is clearly has like a shield.
0: And and one has has a bow. Yeah. And one has a sword or a wand. Yeah. Uh It's like even so there's like a slight difference in like how they look.
1: Yeah. But for instance, um a game we recently bought and part of it was very much the the little figurines that influenced that purchase. Was we got um, stuffed fables, mm-hmm. which is kind of like an it's kind of like an RPG game. It's like an
0: RPG in the box, yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: an RPG in the box, um, which we've actually talked about those in one of our previous episodes. Um, and this one is you're playing as um, a children's toys who are protecting them from monsters and things in, in the dark,
0: mm-hmm. which is a cute theme. Once yeah. again, the art would look great the the figurines on the back we're like oh that's adorable we have to get that yeah Yeah.
1: and you can paint them if you want to customize them that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing right now
0: yeah and so like the art style just grabbed us we're like that's a cool idea the way it's presented to us is awesome you know and Mm -hmm. sometimes like
1: it's just fun to look at the figurines yeah i saw the figurines and i was like oh those are so adorable yeah like i
0: want to like just i I almost want to get a shadow box just to like display them (laughs) yeah they're so
1: cute um and then you know other components too like for instance um we played um not this most recent international tabletop day but the previous international tabletop day we played um the Colt express game yeah and that one has an actual like 3d train that you kind of
0: build See, and that's cool because they could have easily just done a board with like you know different um different like square mats that yeah. represent both the roof and the actual in yeah, the car thing like that a, you lay out. A
1: side view of the Yeah, train. that's what I'm
0: saying. Like a side view yeah. of that. But instead they decided let's make it a three dimensional thing that you can actually like put together and they even like link up so you can drag the train along if you want. Yeah. You know, it's adorable.
1: Yeah, and those components just like it it's I mean it's a good game as on its own. It, mm-hmm. it would you know, if they took that art style and applied it to just a flat board, it would be fine. It still works. But that that extra layer of having that 3d car just elevates it so much mm-hmm. more and makes it so much more compelling and, and fun
0: and i have to say also an extra points to them for the design of the box that the mm-hmm. box is designed to hold these things together once they have been completed they actually has like little sections to put each train car yeah in. so you don't have to disassemble you don't have to it. disassemble and reassemble each yeah. time major points for that
1: yeah um and then one that we recently picked up was um, potion explosion, mm-hmm. which what I, the thing that really drew me into it is I saw the actual. It has like a really cool mechanic of marbles that are falling and they hit each other, and when they hit each other, it causes what's called an explosion, and you get to take those marbles. Mm-hmm. And it actually has like this little, this cool little thing that you assemble that you pour the marbles into, and they all fit into these little slots, and you pull them from there and then they refill on their own. And it's just like this cardboard thing and you build it and it just looks really cool. And it like, it's so neat to have this little thing with you um, that it just really like automatically when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I kind of heard of this game. Now I want to get this game. It's cool.
0: But then meanwhile, you have other designs that can be simplistic, but sometimes Mm -hmm. you can go almost too simplistic. Like it, it doesn't do it for me necessarily. Uh Like there's this list that we looked up recently Um, That was the top 10 uh, game designs, Mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of see like doing research for this, you know, like what kind of other things are out there that maybe we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. And there's this one that they had called Yard Master, which is a card game. And from what I can tell in the research I've done, it's like you're the master of like a train yard. Uh And you have to like put the different trains in order, like locomotion, you know, um, like the main stock cars, you know, things like that. And you have to kind of organize them. And, like, that seems like an interesting idea. Like, I can see how that can work and, mm-hmm. like, be a fun game to play. But just the look of the card itself, it's very, like, bland. It's, like, it's like black yeah. cards with just, like, a little, like...
1: Like, very geometric. Very game. Ge-
0: yeah, you know, and it's, like, I... I can get how if maybe that's your art style, you know? Yeah, like, it's
1: very stylized. Yeah. Like, it's very in a certain style that they were going for, a certain theme they were going for, but there's nothing about it that particularly is particularly
0: It's like, just like, you know, like green or red or blue against a black background. Yeah. Which, like I said, that's stylized and I appreciate what you're going for, but at the same time, like, unless you're you've, like, studied art, maybe, and, like, that's your favorite kind of style, like, uh-huh. that's not going to grab me. Yeah,
1: it just... It wasn't, like, I didn't... It didn't compel me to find out more about the game at all.
0: As much as we're both history students, and mm-hmm. as much as you and I both love the Roman Empire, another similar one called Glory to Rome, it, it looked boring. It, yeah. It was just white cards with, like, little, like, almost, like, once again, geometric symbols on yeah. it to represent, like, you know, like, rank or something like that.
1: Yeah, it once again, yeah, very stylized, um, but... It, but almost
0: minimalistic, too. Yeah,
1: and and I... If it wasn't for the ni- name of it and the box had kind of like um, the like Roman seal looking yeah, thing. Yeah, that eagle. But the actual cards themselves did not tell me that it was like Roman themed at all. Like, so what am I doing? Like if it wasn't for yeah. that, I would not have known. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's, you need, there are games out there that can get away with simplicity for simplicity's sake, yeah. you know. Like for example, *Cards Against Humanity*. I know that's a go-to for a lot of our references, but there it is. You yeah, know? Like, it's because, black
1: and white. It's and simple.
0: It gets the point out. You know? Yeah. But for something like this, where you're trying to tell like a thematic story of like the Roman Empire and like its rise and fall and all that stuff, just to do like very basic, you need something more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like let paint me a picture. Yeah. You know, like let me like get into this world more than just like the spreadsheet politics of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this um. There's this game that I played once, and I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it's something like um, Sins of the Forgotten Empire or something. It's like an online space sci-fi game, you uh-huh. know? And it's one of those ones that's like super, super complex and like a strategy game, really fun to play, I'm sure. It's almost like, imagine like Dune, uh-huh. but like you're not just on the planet Iraq you know, you're like, you're going to all the different planets uh-huh. and like really managing that empire from the emperor's perspective, right? Yeah. Except... of the game is played by looking essentially at spreadsheets of like, here's what the income is of Spice from this planet. Here's what the income of ores from this planet. There's a rebellion on this planet. Do you want to squash it? Uh You know, kind of thing. And like, just looking at spreadsheets and like data entry and stuff like that. Like, like,
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, it has an audience, but it's, yeah, it's not super compelling. It's never, I'm sure that game was never a big hit game. Because, you know...
0: No, it's... As far as I understand, it's got, like, a cult following. But essentially, that means, like, there's a few diehard fans who are like, yes, this is mine.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. I I feel like some of these things, they have an audience, but they're never going to really become a big thing. Because Mm -hmm. the the majority of the population isn't going to catch on to that.
0: Yeah. Um, Other than the physical look of the game, Mm -hmm. though, I think another thing that's important is how it's actually physically designed and laid out. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because... Sometimes games can surprise you like yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a board that folds out, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. But if you can throw me like a curveball, like um, it's not just a square board, but one that we saw while also doing research was this game called CO2, mm-hmm. where it's actually a, a circular board and it has the, the earth around it with little figurines to, or like little spaces to track your progress of like how much CO2 is developing on the planet, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the atmospheric uh, conditions, but just something like that, that fits, you know, because yeah. we're talking about the planet, talk about the atmosphere. It should be a rounded shape, not like a circular thing, you know? Um,
1: yeah, I think the like functional design can be really great. I know, um, when I was first, when you were first getting me into board games and the first time we got tickets right out and I realized that you actually had a, like, um, score tracker going around the around edge the of the edge board, of it, yeah, like that. Okay, to, to people who are diehard game board fan, uh, board game fans out there, you're probably like, oh, well, that's silly. But for someone who you know hadn't really played a lot of games since things like Monopoly, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I don't have to keep track of my score, or I don't have to like wait till the end to like do a bunch of counting. Like it's doing it as we go. Like this it's is really, nice. yeah, yeah, it's very convenient. And I actually noticed um, we just recently got the ticket to ride France. And I noticed um, they added something in addition to normally. There's a little box that shows you um, how many points you get for depending on the number of trains. Mm-hmm. Under that, they add, they tell tell you how many cards you start with. Yeah. So you no longer have to go search through the book. And I was like, and oh, it's like that's little so design nice. choices like that that matter. Yeah, because so. it really quickly I can look and go, oh yeah, I need to uh, five cards or whatever, you know. Because
0: guess which one we're more likely to go back to now? Yeah. Because there's that little thing of help. Yeah, exactly. You know? And. You know, I like it when there's, like, physical pieces to things, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, the score tracker are on the board for Ticket to Ride, that's nice. But I kind of also like it when maybe there's a physical thing. Like, if you look at Forbidden Desert uh-huh. or Forbidden Island, how they have this tracker to keep track of, like, how much the storm has risen or the waters rise, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. I like how there's that separate thing there on the mm-hmm. side, you know, because it's not really, first of all, placed on a, it's not actual board to keep that on, you know, mm-hmm. but the design of that, how it looks and how it's like shifting sands rise. Yeah. And, and how you know, it's actually functional yeah, and, and
1: you can interact with it.
0: Yeah. And it fits into the theme. Yeah. Cause that, that could easily just be like almost like a thermometer, just like rising up, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't fit. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And um, another one that like I was thinking of as component, one that really impressed me was gloom. With its use of the clear cards that overlay. Mm-hmm. And they so you can slowly see the bonuses rising up. And that's
0: great because it takes away your having to do the math.
1: Yeah, yeah. And on it's, the spot. Yeah, it's like a very unique component that you don't have to do the math. You don't have to keep track of things. But you you are building off of it and you can see everything by using those clear cards.
0: Yeah, so I think, I think in the end, if we have to try to sum it up, it's essentially you want a game that looks good, that fits us. St- and I mean... We kind of, you know, have the styles that we like in terms of artistic, Uh like, you know, style. But there's other people out there who like different styles. So, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with one style of game versus another. And Uh there's different artists out there that we've found that we like. Yeah. You know, like there's the artist who did the work for um Big Book of Madness also did the work for Takedo. Both we were games like, we
1: love. Yeah. Oh, we didn't
0: realize that was the same person.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because we were we were looking at a list of kind of some of the top board game artists because there's some artists who they do a lot of board games. That's kind mm. of their that's their art form essentially. Yeah. And some of them, like there's the artist who did like near far near and far. I think near and far and above and below. Yeah, and those are very similar.
0: You can tell does. that's the same he person. He has,
1: yeah, and he has a particular style. And some of the other ones um, like the artist who did Evolution, he has or he or she has a particular style. Um, we were kind of impressed by the artist who does Takada and Big Book of Madness because they're very different. Mm-hmm. Both though, have great artwork, so it was interesting to see like, oh, it's the same artist, but like, the games are totally different, and so they did totally different artwork. Yeah, and they were able. They're just to... able to
0: really like flex their style into the theme.
1: Yeah, and tap into that. Yeah, you know, yeah. because
0: Takada is about like feudal Japan, going on a nice vacation, you know? Yeah. So the character's a bit more stylized towards that theme while the other one's almost like Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know. Um, And I think another game that I was thinking of that has really, really great artwork for people who like just, you know, really pretty artwork Mm -hmm. because some of these games they do. They have great
0: artwork. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to bet that somewhere in the world there's a museum that just has Games on display,
1: yeah. I mean, like one of the ones I think a lot of people go for is Dixit, which I know a lot of different Mm -hmm. artists contribute to it. So, like, there's a bunch of different versions out there with different artists, actually. Yeah, um,
0: there's there's different expansions that you can get for that or Mm -hmm. sets, kind of like Ticket Ride, yeah. And essentially, each one is by a different artist, yeah. I think there's one main artist who does like two or three, maybe four of these Mm -hmm. sets, but then there's like I said, other versions of it that are still officially Dixit, but it's you know, now it's featuring this person, you
1: know, yeah. Um one of the ones I think though that has really great components and really great artwork is Mysterium. Mm-hmm. Um the layout's really great. Um a lot of the pieces everything kind of makes sense. All the pieces make sense. Yeah. It's not too fiddly but it has lots of It's got a things. nice way to
0: track your progress with the little boards of I've done the person, uh-huh. I've done the place, I've done the murder weapon.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's got, you know, it's got that nice screen for the person who's playing the ghost. Um, obviously it's all based on these kind of surreal cards Mm -hmm. that you're passing out. And those, the artwork's really cool on those. Um, So I think that's like a really good example of a really pretty game that makes sense. It's not just pretty.
0: Yeah. But in the end, I think if we have to sum it up, yeah, it's, it. look for an art style that you like that resonates Mm -hmm. with you. And hopefully the game will have a great design Yeah, that, that not only fits the theme of it, but also makes it easier for you to play. Because, yeah, it makes sense. Because if you... I actually have tried to design design a couple games myself. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I haven't gotten anywhere in terms of like publishing it, you know, but I enjoy designing it for the fun yeah. of it. It's a project. But one game I designed actually uh, involves you... Earning money, spending and earning money a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And at first, I designed it to have like paper money, like Monopoly, you know, with like you know, oh, the purple ones are worth five hundred or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But I realized quickly like that kind of stinks because people have to keep going and making change, blah blah. Yeah, it's kind. it's kind of an old, like, And it's an old, component. outdated thing. Yeah. yeah. So then I realized, well, why not just make this, like, a little slide tracker? Mm-hmm. Where, like, you just have zero to the goal of $10,000, and then you just have a little clip on the bottom, and you can just, oh, I'm here, and I'm there. And then yeah. there's no paper money. It takes up less space on the table, which yeah. is always there's a there's less things
1: to lose.
0: Less things to lose, exactly. And we can just keep track of it there. hmm Simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the same, like, in our everyday life. Have you ever gone to fill out a form? And like the form doesn't make sense, or things are all laid out yes. funny and mm. in different places, and you're like, oh, what? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like it's the same with games. Like if they're laid out wrong, your enjoyment of the game is going to be less because you're going to be confused.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and you got to really try to figure out what is going on. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand what you mean by this. You know, and yeah. okay, like the ticket drive thing that you mentioned earlier. The thing that's kind of genius about them is that they design their boards with their instructions to be universal. Yeah. The the symbols they use to explain that you start with this many cards, you're only supposed to have this many trains, are relatively non-linguistic. Yeah. If you just look at it, you can understand what they're trying mm-hmm. to get at, you know. And I mean, yeah, there's going to be a few people who maybe be like, I don't know what this picture means. I don't know what they're trying to get at. But then, of course, uh-huh. you have the rule book to explain that, you know. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny is my mom always, every time she plays it, she forgets. Um, cause you know, if you look at the, the different colored cars, they have a little symbol on them and mm-hmm. she's always like, Oh wait, does that matter? And I'm like, Oh, it's just for people who are colorblind. Like, and once again, that's a good design know.
0: because you're considering people who have certain disabilities as well. Like colorblindness, that could mm-hmm. be a big issue, but probably a lot of people don't consider when designing games. Yeah. So take it a ride. Right, even if you're completely I love Lucy colorblind you know black and white vision all the way um, it still has circle X square triangle shapes yeah so that okay we'll circle cards go into circle tracks
1: yeah and it can still be fun for you and it yeah. doesn't matter as much because that you can't see the colors
0: mm-hmm I mean like yeah so when you hear all your friends saying I need orange cards you're like I don't know what that is you know
1: <laughs> the other thing I really appreciate in some games is is ones that, well, one, I like ones that have to, like, not only are pretty, but then there's also the ones that are kind of funny. Like, you have your... A little bit of comedy never you hurts. You have your smash-ups. You sure. Um, you have, which are all these different fractions, and they're really funny. Um, you also have your um, munchkin, mm-hmm. which the artwork on those is always really funny and creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, what I like about those is I really appreciate those because the card really tells you what to do. Yeah. So that's what it's always like when we introduce someone new to those games. We're like, don't worry so much. The card will tell you exactly what you need to do with mm-hmm. it. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to spend all this time teaching them rules because they're like, just read the and card. And they're
0: relatively concise in what they do.
1: Yeah, and they're very clear too. Usually. Yeah. You know, there's not usually a lot of debate. Usually the the when you get more debate about what it means, it's between the people who've played the game a lot. Yeah. And that's when the debate happens. Well, because of the placement <laughs> of the comma, I yeah. have to say, you know, no and.
0: Once again, that goes back to simplicity versus complexity. I once uh, was asked to play a game. Um, I forget the name of this one exactly, but it's kind of like that Warhammer forty K, where it's you literally have a table that has like a landscape on it, and you have a whole bunch of little actual figurine dudes, and they all depending on what weapon they're holding, that's like the stats they have, uh-huh. and you have to have literally like an encyclopedia book with you to like look up all the stats that this guy can do this uh-huh. and this guy can do that. And you have to measure the thing. That's fantastic for people who like all that. I don't need all that business and busy work, you know, Uh like that to me felt like homework. Like just trying to get the guy to move was like, oh, what paid 65, 56? (laughs) I don't know where I am anymore, you know? And like, I get like that it's hardcore and you know, they actually have to like draw a line of sight. That's really accurate and detailed. And I love that people enjoy that. I like maybe watching that Mm -hmm. because it's fun, but I don't want to have to memorize all that garbage. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, you know, that's too much for me. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me when you mentioned that Smash Up has the rules explained on them. Mm-hmm. These guys don't. It's just a little figurine. But you got to remember that this dude, you know, his name is Jack and he likes bacon cheeseburgers. And he has a range of five and a, <laughs> and a plus seven sword, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I don't know that. <laughs> but, you know, Lauren, looks and design aren't necessarily everything. And sometimes with a game, uh, as good as it can be, as well designed as it can be to how good it looks you can always improve upon it, right? It's not always going to be the ultimate end result. Uh And so that's why for our dice roll today, we're going to talk about great expansions to games that brought some kind of an improvement to the uh, overall gameplay and design so you know what i like
1: about games and this is something that you kind of introduced me to is a lot of games nowadays have expansions that kind of they'll add a new element or something and it keeps that game from getting stale
0: yeah i think A good expansion. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of other expansions that just add more stuff. Yeah. Like, for example, um, the Mysterium expansion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, I will say this. I don't have the Mysterium expansion, but I've done research on it. All it seems to do is just add more characters and more, um, you know, ghost vision cards. Uh It doesn't seem to add a new layer or a new new wrinkle thing or element. It's just more, which is fine because... Or like the Cards Against Humanity cards. It's not like it's a different kind of thing. It's, it's just, just new stuff. here's more new stuff in case you've played this one to death and yeah. you need some fresh, yeah. You know, and flavor. I think
1: that's you know I people get I hear a lot of bad things sometimes about Cards Against Humanities. And one of the things is I say okay, well it's kind of a classic. You never have to teach it. It's always kind of a crowd pleaser. It's a 10 second
0: teaching. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So that makes it. That's why it has such good replayability. But I think one of the reasons that people find it get stale is cuz they only have like one version. They mm-hmm. don't have all the expansions. Whereas for us when we play it, we have all of them. So we like rarely see a card again for like maybe years. Yeah. So cuz we don't play it that often. But you know what I mean? So it keeps it fresh because we don't see these cards. So how many times have we been playing and be like, I've never seen this card before? I you have know? it's like Gandalf on the
0: my I have no memory of this card. Yeah. You know know you've been there. You know you've seen it. Yeah. But I have no idea where that came from. (laughs) But yeah, so I think a good expansion, like uh, we already said, is one that adds something new to the game. It's not just more Uh material. Oh, you know, it's just more of the same. Yeah. It's actually something that's mechanically or designed differently so that it makes the game have almost a completely new play. Or at least a new rule, at all. Yeah. So we were going to list today some of our favorite expansions. So why don't you go ahead? i allow ladies first.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, one of my favorite games is Ticket to Ride, boop, boop. and <laughs> Ticket to Ride has a ton of expansions. Um, I think they they have some pretty brilliant marketing. One of the things I like about them is. They're um, they use the same uh, box every time, mm-hmm. so like they've really only had to produce one kind of box, and their game always fits in the box no matter what expansion it is.
0: I will say, uh, not to disagree with you, mm-hmm. but there's technically two boxes. There's also the thinner ones that's literally just a map. Well, and it's then other a ones that bigger. and then other bigger but ones like the that insert. can actually fit. Yeah,
1: yeah, the insert like even the newer we got a newer one recently, and the insert is exactly the same it's just not full yeah
0: but you're right yeah the actual how it fits into the box yeah. is it's exactly the same mm-hmm.
1: um and each of them you know each one it's basically the same game you know mm-hmm. it's Ticket to Ride it's and one of the things I like about Ticket to Ride is it's very easy to explain it's very easy to get going with it um and then it's all just about kind of strategies mm-hmm. that you develop over time But um, each one has like one new little rule that they add in to make it a little bit different. Oh yeah. Or one little element. And they each have their own kind of little bit unique look as well. Um, So actually one of my favorite expansions of Ticket to Ride is Ticket to Ride Germany. Um, and we actually don't own a physical copy of that one, but I find that I play on the... I have... We've
0: played the heck out of it on the app.
1: Exactly. I have the app, and that one is the one I always seem to gravitate to. I just really like Germany. I like the layout of that map.
0: See, I can't play the Germany map anymore uh-huh. because I found the ideal route that, like, as long as I can hit this, uh-huh. and even, like, a secondary idea, like, if okay, if I don't get this one connection, I can still go slightly around, but as long as I can hit this perfect, like, little cross-section, I can just keep drawing ticket cards all day and just rack up hundreds Uh of points so it's it's kind of like i played it so well and so much like it's not fun anymore but i i get what you're saying though i Uh wouldn't i wouldn't have gotten to that level of knowing the map so intimately if it wasn't for the fact that it's such a good map yeah
1: it is it's a really fun map i don't know what it is about it but like i think because you get to go to the other countries too well first
0: of all that's that's the first time as far as i know that they've had the country tickets where it's not just get from this city to this city it's get from this city to this country or from this country to this country. Uh-huh. And, and there's multiple spots in which you can access certain yeah, countries. Yeah, and it, they,
1: it doesn't matter which one you go to.
0: No. So let's say you need to get from... Uh, this is me throwing out names because I can't remember the name. It's all uh, <laughs> yeah. foreign cities. Let's just say you need to get from Berlin to uh, France. You know, mm. It's not just that one spot to get to France. It's actually two or three spots. Yeah. So even if... You took a route and my friend took a route and, you know, my sister took a route. I still have an option. Mm -hmm. It might stink to have to go all the way down there when I wasn't really saving up to afford that. But it's still I can make it. Yeah. You know, so I like that. Plus, also, they have ones that say um, you go from this city to one of the four countries. Mm-hmm. and if you get to this country, it's worth five points, and you can make it to this country that's a bit further away. It's worth seven points. This one's worth 12 points, so it's, you know. Yeah,
1: and it doesn't it, really matter how you get there.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter how you get there, but depending which country you can reach for the mm-hmm. furthest, you get more points for your reward, and I like that. Yeah. I like the fact that it's it's an X factor of, well, I don't think I'm going to make it this far. I don't think I'm going to make it all the way over there, but I can probably make it to Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, to uh, Austria. I mean, yeah. I could probably make it there because it's literally right next door. Mm-hmm. So I'll just settle for that. Like, I like the fact that in this game, you can settle for, <laughs> like, I'm not going to make this cross-country trip uh-huh. across the map, but I can go halfway. Sure, no problem. I just need to make that one connection. I'm solid. Yeah. Um, one that I like... Is um, I I do like card games a lot, you know, because it, you don't have to have this big board on the uh, table to yeah. take up all this room. Not that there's anything wrong with boards, but I like to also maybe have a couple snacks out, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that too. Um, so one that I'm a big fan of is Smash Up, and there's a ton of expansions out. But the one that I think really made a big change for me, and once again, I don't have all the expansions. And there's a few that came out in be- before this one that I don't have. But the one that I first noticed this for was a smash-up expansion called Monster Smash, which has vampires, giant ants, which all have, like, queen-themed titles, like, you know, killer queens, stuff (laughs) Uh like that. It's great. Uh, Werewolves and Frankenstein and his monster as the uh, themes of the day. Uh You know, so you can have, like, uh, killer ant vampires or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And what I think is so great about this deck this expansion. And like I said, there was two more that came out, like a Cthulhu one and something else. But I didn't get those, so I don't know if they have that and they're not. But in this expansion, they introduce uh, the element of point systems or tokens to upgrade your cards. Uh-huh. So it's not just, I put down my King T-Rex and it's worth a seven and it's going to stay a seven. I mean, yeah, there was cards that I could put down that says like, oh, it has an augment, so it gets a temporary plus four just until the end of the turn. No, in this uh, expansion... There actually are little tokens you can put on your card to be permanent upgrades. And you can keep stacking those up and they keep, you know, piling up and piling up. So I really like that idea. And even like, I think the ants can move those tokens around a lot. Uh So I think it's cool that they introduced the idea of permanent, like, you know, buffing yourself up, not just for like, because sometimes that plus four for temporarily, it's great, but it goes away. it goes away and that's not going to cut it right now. If I could get my guy a bit stronger over time then that would be fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? So I think the idea of introducing another layer of of enhancement tokens, you know? Uh-huh. My only gripe though, is that the tokens they give you to act as enhancements are the same tokens you're supposed to use for points. For points. Yeah. So, I mean, granted the tokens they give me for this expansion have like little lightning symbols on them, uh-huh. but it's also it's good. very faint. And it's the same color scheme as the mm. main points of like you know the blue ones are worth one and the yellow ones are worth five. Uh huh. But at the same time, it's like y- you could have given me like some other kind of design, you yeah. know, for what the tokens look like.
1: Yeah, ma- make them like little triangles or something, something e- different. Yeah, a different you know? shape
0: or even just a different color. Yeah. Instead of blue and yellow, let's do red, red and green. Yeah, or something. You know, but once again, it's you know some designs are may not seem like a good idea to us the audience but for the designer him or herself uh-huh. it makes sense yeah
1: and it was probably easier to or do maybe something similar or
0: maybe based upon what you said for your ticket to ride one it's just that was the pre-main thing that they had it's a minor change it's just putting that little yeah. lightning bolt on it and you save costs yeah you probably. know and, and you know what it still works
1: yeah plus
0: now you have more um more victory points tokens so technically you can even have more players so maybe there you go i already found an <laughs> answer.
1: you found you, you got there eventually so okay of those four fractions which one's your favorite
0: uh, it really depends upon my mood like yeah.
1: and also what you're comparing it with
0: well that's true too but if i was starting out fresh like i haven't mm-hmm. picked yet and sometimes i do this sometimes i break up my expansions and i'll put out force particular ones and say like i have to choose one from here first
1: yeah like you haven't played i've done that something. with you we're like yeah. especially
0: to get a new expansion i think i like the vampires the most just because they're all about draining the strength from uh-huh. other players and put it into their own the werewolves are pretty great too i'm not as much of a fan of the ants i, I gotta say as much as their cards are great and uh-huh. like every just their play style doesn't mesh with my personal with play style with what i like yeah. to do you know Frankenstein's monster I haven't had too much experience with I think I've only played it with him once and I just got a bad pull or mm-hmm. something and like I just remember like leaving a bad taste in my mouth yeah. you know so yeah <laughs> so I think I gotta get into the vampires they do not well they do but they do not suck at this you know <laughs> simultaneously
1: uh, so okay so my second pick is one that maybe there you know there might be some controversy over um, I'm gonna fight you in this one <laughs> So, one of the games that's probably most known for its many, many expansions and many, many versions is Munchkin. Mm-hmm. And my favorite Munchkin is Steampunk Munchkin.
0: I had an argument with you, or almost <laughs> an argument with you, just before we started recording this, that said that, no, that is non-expansion. That is a version.
1: It's a version, probably.
0: But at the same time... I'm willing to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> because I choose life. <laughs> no, Um, I think if you look... I mean,
1: you can mix it with other ones. A- exactly. If like.
0: you look at it from the viewpoint of Munchkin, the original, is the base, and then this is what came after. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to you. It's technically an expansion. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm... Um, I don't know if they have any expansions, expansions for steampunk, which is too bad because it's it's yeah. a popular theme. Mm-hmm. I think that people would like it, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give you, <laughs> begrudgingly so, and under great protest, <laughs> and possible threat of my life, that this is an expansion. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I think I mean obviously I like the steampunk theme, so that's you know, and that's I mean it's Munchkin. a fun theme. Yeah. Munchkin is a bunch of different themes, and yeah. so there's a theme for everybody, and that's my my theme, you yeah. know. Um, I like that it has a board, not all Munchkins do, mm-hmm. um, so we can keep track of our levels.
0: I normally just have pennies in my box. and am like, yeah. Here you want, here's your 10 pennies. Just flip them over to Abe when you get a level, you know?
1: <laughs> Like, I know, um, one of the ones you have, um, the Nightmare Before Christmas one, and I don't mm-hmm. believe it has a board.
0: No, it does not. Yeah,
1: so it's... It but it's
0: got a really cool looking box. Like, the inside <laughs> of where you keep the yeah. cards has a... Excellent. Um,
1: I also... So the one, the other version of Munchkin that we've played a lot recently is the um, Marvel version mm-hmm. because our friends have it and the reason I like the steampunk better is the Marvel one it's there's some kind of weird balancing with it where it feels like you 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 um, level up and you get you beef up really fast mm-hmm. um, and then it makes it really hard to end the game because no one like no one's getting to that last level because everyone's so what well,
0: just it seems that every time we've played it that there's such a uh valley where there's no monsters. Yeah. In the deck. It's like, where'd they all go? Uh-huh. Like I like this five of us sitting on the edge of victory. Someone just needs a monster, yeah. but no one can find one to save anything.
1: Uh-huh. Um so I don't I don't know. There's and also like it's it's not as one of the things I like about Munchkin is all of the versions they're kind of cutesy and they're kind of clever and jokey. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like the Marvel one is like that.
0: No, that's just fan service for people who yeah. like Marvel. Yeah. So
1: that's one of the reasons like it's not my favorite and I prefer like the steampunk version. But
0: at the same time, I kind of do appreciate the Marvel one because it adds on super powers true that's an extra bonus an extra role that you can uh-huh. you know so i appreciate that you know so but yeah so the steampunk one mm-hmm. um i do think it's interesting how they have the uh the different classes you know because mm-hmm. they have like the explorer the baron the tycoon, oh, the tycoon that's yeah, what it was the the tycoon. Tycoon. i like because in a lot of the munchkins they do have classes like that uh uh-huh. But I I, I like the bonuses that those give. I can't recall any specifically at the top of my head. I remember
1: the mechanic one is fun because he gives you a bonus for everything that has a gear on it. And it's steampunk. So everything has a gear on it.
0: and (laughs) And that's why I also was considering does this count as an expansion? Because it adds on to... And they did this briefly in a few other Munchkins... But this one really relies heavily upon, like, really knowing what's your card and, like, uh, what the picture is. Because does this have a gear? Yeah, you Where are the gears? Can I argue that this has a gear? Surely it's got some kind of mechanism inside of it. That counts as a gear, right? You know? So the fact that you really have to, like, be invested upon, like, what is drawn to my card. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic, too, if, like, you went in and just, like, with a little pen. like sort of, <laughs> gear. That's a gear right there. You know? Or, like, get a bunch of stickers, you know? Yeah. It has a gear on it. Look, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I definitely, I'll, I'll grant you that, boon. it's an expansion. <laughs> Technically, it's a version, but I'll, I'll soft expansion. Soft expansion. Soft expansion.
1: Okay, what's yours?
0: Uh, my other one that I really enjoy is Pandemic. I love the Pandemic games. I think it's fantastic, you know, getting people sick and then trying to cure them, you know. Mm. There was this computer game I played a long time ago, where it was actually the opposite, where you were playing the virus, and you're trying to infect everybody. So after falling in love with that game, and then being able to go on the other side, I'm like, oh, now I have to fix what I just did kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, and the very first expansion that came out for it, I thought was the best one. I mean, granted, there's been other ones that, like, um, like this one called, like, The Cure or something, where it yeah. actually has petri dishes, you have to move the things from sample to sample. You're trying to, like, actually sequence what The Cure is. You can't just find it by giving uh-huh. cards. But I never quite got into those, and I just... The reason why is because as much as I think I, I would enjoy it, when I'm purchasing games I have to consider how much will my friends enjoy this yeah, as well
1: so that I will actually see play because if nobody enjoys it it doesn't matter that you because
0: it. I've made that mistake and been burned horribly by that before where I have bought something mm-hmm. and it, like we've said before in previous episodes some games they can be a lot like yeah. I, we recently bought a game that was like 65 bucks mm-hmm. you know and as much as we'll enjoy playing it for the first time I don't know if we're going to go back again so like get your we'll drawlies, yeah. get your dollys out of this <laughs> yeah. now you know um
1: that well, the one you're talking about too is one that I think would be good with kids. Yeah. So it might be one that we put away for a while. I
0: think when and you're then, when we can yeah. hang out with your nephew or my nieces. Exactly. Or yeah. But um Yeah, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a future episode. Games for investment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um but uh the very first expansion for a pandemic called On the Brink. Mm-hmm. First of all, it gave me these nice little petri dishes to keep my cubes in rather than bags. I'm like, yes, that's just a design <laughs> choice that I approve of. Yeah. You know? But it also added a lot more characters that I enjoy, you know, that um, have different abilities uh, for your, um, your CDC workers that really, really make a big difference in how you can play. But the thing that I really like the most about this expansion, and I haven't had a chance to play it like this too often, but they have uh, multiple different versions of it. And one is called the Bioterrorist, in which you suddenly become from a fully cooperative game to an uh-huh. asymmetric game where one character is actually an evil person who is designing the disease and spreading it purposefully. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to catch him. So it's kind of like the Jack the Ripper like Letters from Whitechapel game. Yeah. Except you're trying to play that game and Pandemic at the same time. And it's really hard to do. <laughs> but I but I enjoy that so much. Yeah. You know, I've only ever played it like a handful of times. And every single time, the terrorist has won because there's too many balls. It's too much, yeah. And, and I just feel like... There's got to be a way to do it, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I put my faith completely in any designer that you have play tested this. You've worked at all the balancing. You know that this works. I don't think a good designer would purposely put something out into the world that's like, oh, it's half finished. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out, <laughs> you know. And if you do, then I'm not coming back to you anymore, yeah, sir. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, good day. Um, But I, I trust the designers of Z-Man games, the ones who make Pandemic. Yeah. And... I just, I personally haven't figured out what the balance is of like, yeah. how do we coordinate well, going after him and mm-hmm. stopping the diseases from spreading? Yeah.
1: I mean, I can't say that I've ever played it with you. So maybe it's something, I mean, part of the problem is right now we're still trying to get through, um, legacy. legacy. We'll so, cycle back once legacy. Yeah. Gone. But I, I think maybe it'd be interesting to try it because I think we have a whole new group of players now. Mm-hmm. So see if maybe, maybe it was the players you had weren't. You know, they, you were having to do all the mental legwork like, and you didn't have other people to help you.
0: Well, I will say um, two of the three times or so that we played it, um, the Bioterrorist was played by our friend Kevin. Oh, well, he... And Kevin is a very devious purposely person. He's evil, yeah. He's very devious.
1: <laughs> so him,
0: he's like... I was like, who wants to be the... Bio- My hands up!
1: Yeah. You know, kind of. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... It could and just be that he's too good. Yeah, he's very good at messing up. Lions. I think he's
0: too good. Yeah. So maybe that's the problem. It's
1: kind of—it's kind of like you know when we play letters from Whitechapel. There's very few times that I get caught as Jack because I'm just really good. You're at too Jack. good. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like don't. Well, your
0: spirit to Jack. animal's a fox, so <laughs> yeah. like I'm pretty sure that's like in your nature to like <laughs> I'm gonna stumble back around and go back underneath the thing, and then I'll be right behind you just like licking your boots, and then I'm gonna go back over here, you know, kind of like you know really screwing with our heads. <laughs> All right, but that was our our uh, dice roll there for yeah. some what we think are good expansions to add on a decent change to things. Now, speaking about changing things up, we did an escape room recently that, how do I want to put this, definitely changed things up a bit for us. Yes. So let's go ahead and get into our escape room report and we'll fully dive into this.
1: <laughs> So, we did an escape room. Now, it's kind of weird. So, this...
0: Lauren, you say escape room like well, it's an escape yes. room. <laughs>
1: we, we'll talk about that. But, okay. So, this room that we did recently, um, most people just know it as Zoe. Mm-hmm. And that is the room itself, is Zoe. The company is actually called um, Escapade Games. And it's in Fullerton, California.
0: Yeah. And it is really hard to find i was walking down the sidewalk with my you know map out Uh you know for like the app on my phone i'm like guys it says it's 50 feet this way we don't see anything this looks like houses i swear it says it's right over here it's in
1: a very unassuming building and what was funny is so we were going it was like night when we went and it's in kind of this weird like it's like downtown fullerton no it's
0: just outside of downtown. yeah
1: like you're in okay so this area of fullerton for people who are not from california um, it's, like, a bunch of restaurants. It's very much, like, a little downtown area, right? Nice
0: little outside dining area. Yeah, yeah.
1: like, lots of little hip eateries and stuff like that. And, <laughs> um, this was, like, right outside of that. So you're mm-hmm. getting into, like, a little
0: bit more sketchy,
1: A little, hey, look, houses, residential. We walked by, yeah. like, what
0: looked like apartments or condos Yeah, or
1: and there's, there's clearly, like, apartments on, like, the top level of this building. Because all these people just kept wonderingly, like, randomly wandering out. And we're, like, standing by this back door, like, waiting. It was yeah. kind of awkward. It was funny, at one point, like, this paneled van pulled up, and I was like, oh, God, is this part of the escape room? Get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you my
0: 5 o'clock? Get yeah. in.
1: <laughs> um, th- so, yeah, they only have one room at the moment, and it's called Zoe, and so most people just call it Zoe. And this room is horror-themed. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this room is supposedly so scary that they actually have a list of people who, who have run out of the room and that not, just said
0: nope not doing this. yeah they
1: just they didn't you essentially if that happens you get disqualified yeah and i remember um we read the review on escape authority and i remember at the time that they did it the room had only been open for a couple months mm-hmm. and they had already had like 30 something people run out
0: which that sounds intriguing yeah and I, we're up for a challenge yeah I went through a period recently when I was trying all these spicy foods because I'm like, well, how spicy is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so like this kind of hit the same nerve in me of like, well, how scary yeah. is it really? You say it's scary, but like done... your scary cat level might be lower than my scary cat level.
1: Yeah, and I mean we've done scary rooms before. We've done all of the rooms at the basement, and some of those are relatively scary.
0: <laughs> when I walked into the dark room, heard a voice, and just said nope, and yeah. then just closed the door.
1: And I mean though that one too, like the basement. Those rooms, they're not super dark or creepy in that way. Um, what's usually creepy about them is they make you do seemingly risky things.
0: Yeah. Like, like put your head through a hole that might chop it off.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, get locked inside a coffin. Or, you Crawl know, into a very
0: tight, confined space. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, the the their main room, the basement, you are actually let in with hoods over your head. Like Which, your hostages.
0: That, I'll admit... Kind of had fun with that. That yeah. was like, yeah, this isn't... I was like, oh, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you know, we've done scary rooms. We've done Krampus. That one's very scary. That
0: one was very intense. Yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, we were definitely prepared. Um, our one problem was initially, and this is where Greg... We kind of mentioned this in our previous episode. Greg kind of played a little prank on me. Um, so we had four of us going, and the room goes up to six. And we had heard, you know, that okay, people run out of this room, and if if someone runs out, you forfeit. Everyone's done.
0: If one person runs out, the entire entire room is
1: done. And it's, it's a relatively more expensive room. It's up in the 40s, I believe. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what if we get paired with two random people that we don't know? And what if they run out? Like,
0: I can't trust your level of cowardice.
1: Yeah, really. exactly. Like, I can trust the four of us. The, you know, it, it's our core group. We've done tons of rooms together.
0: It's like we're soldiers in a war. We yeah. know each other's we, strengths yeah, and weaknesses. Yeah, exactly.
1: I know that none of them will run out. Even if they are scared, none of them will run out. But how can I trust that of two other people? And I was like, you know, if two other people run out, I'm asking them to pay for our room because that's, you know. You just cost me money. Yeah, exactly. Or we kept joking that we were going to trip them or tackle them.
0: No, I was saying I will, I will tackle them, wrestle them in the ground, and then sit on them and say, <laughs> Lauren, solve the room. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so midday. they hey, day... squirming. I don't think I can hold on. <laughs> yeah. So if we were going on a Friday night. That was our game night that night. Um, midway through the day I was at work and I checked online and I saw that two people booked and I was like, Oh man, you know, I was really hoping no one else would book.
0: And you were texting me a lot. Like what is, what's going to happen? Like, no, why would they do this? Yeah. Why?
1: Well, cause they didn't make sense because there was a bunch of other times open that nobody was in. So I'm like, why would you join a room of four when you could easily join another room that doesn't have anyone else in it? So and I can't throw my hands up
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: So we were, going to, we were meeting our friends at a restaurant before the game started. And all of a sudden, I see these two other people who walk in the restaurant who look very familiar. And I'm like, wait a second. Why are our two friends, Melissa and Phil, here? And it turns out that Greg had tricked me. And he had told our friends, who've also done many escape rooms with us, that we were doing this and that they should come along. So they were the other two bookies.
0: So I gave you a little bit of a fright yeah. before the actual scary room. <laughs> see? And my plan worked. Yes. And you gave me a little lovingly sock in the arm (laughs) like you jerk and i was like ha ha ha
1: so when we got to the actual room itself this is one of those ones they do have like a lobby area but they don't let you in until the other group is out
0: well it's because the entire house pretty much pretty much is is the escape room is the escape room yeah and that's one thing i do like about this is that we've talked before about how you can sometimes tell like, oh, this is an office building and they just, uh-huh. it's its an office building with puzzles in it. No, this is like meant to be a person's house and it's in a house.
1: Well, it's not really in a house. But you know, you, but well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you
0: feel like you're in a house.
1: Yeah. And also because. There's a
0: hallway. There's a living room. Yeah. There's, a,
1: there's multiple there's a, there's a bedroom. There's yeah. a kitchen? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also because they kind of use the whole space, it's very hard to tell where it ends. So you don't know if I open this, does it go to another room? I don't know. Because there's also a, lot of, really there's a lot of sense. going
0: back and forth yeah. into different rooms. So like, I'm not sure if this is going to be my last time coming uh-huh. here.
1: So I will say their lobby was kind of funny and creepy. Like they had all this Dolls, weird stuff. Dolls, heads everywhere. Yeah, and they had all this weird stuff like peeking out at the ceiling at you. <laughs> they and had stuff. a little creepy
0: doll that I took a picture of and keeping it on my phone of like this little demon cat thing, like doll, like just poking its head out of the ceiling, just smiling with big nasty yeah. teeth. Like, hey, yeah. you know. <laughs>
1: um and this this Ran, room random did, doll
0: arms that i was using to like stroke people's hair yeah with. It's like yeah pretty girl
1: and this room they do um they give you blindfolds mm-hmm. which it was interesting because and that was cool i was like okay that's cool like the basement they cover your head you know they yeah. put a hostage hood on you so it's kind of a part of a way to like you know freak you out sure um but one of our friends kind of smartly pointed out she said yeah but the thing that's nice about the hoods is they can wash those in a washing machine you yeah. can't really wash these little eye things, you know. So yeah. I was like, uh, Cause it was like, because it was like the sleep mask kind of thing. It was thing. like sleep mask. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I, I think she made the joke like, and now we all have pink eyes. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the
0: world of conjunctivitis. Yeah.
1: So what they do is they essentially line you up in the hallway. Have you put on your mask. That
0: was the first scare.
1: Yeah. And then um, we have to, you have to like hold each other's shoulders and be led into the room.
0: We essentially lined into this room.
1: And so here's the first thing. Okay. So this room uses actors. They use multiple actors actually, which we've never had. Three, I think. Yeah. I think there was three. Um, As soon as we're being led in, all of a sudden I feel things touching my arm. And I was at the back. You were at the front. physically touching me. Yeah. Touching me. And I realized, I, all of a sudden, oh, it's the actors. They're going to purposely mess with us.
0: Fair game, though. At the beginning, before we went in, we had to sign all the waivers and stuff yeah. saying, like, if you get hurt, blah, 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 you know. And then the woman even said to us, the actors will be touching you.
1: But you can't touch them.
0: Do not touch them. Yeah. So she gave us. It, it's not like this creepy actor was like, oh, they blindfolded. Let me get some gray." Yeah. yeah,
1: but it was, you know, it was like automatically. I was like, "Oh, okay." Part of how they're trying to scare us is we don't, we can't see them. We don't know that. They're and it's coming. and it's
0: very unsettling.
1: Yeah, but I mean, automatically it was like, "Oh, this is what they're doing." Okay. Yeah. Like it didn't scare me because it was like I felt him touch my our, arm, and then I was like, oh, "Okay." Our
0: friend Chris, he has earplugs in his ear, uh-huh. and he said one guy tried to put his finger through the earplugs. Yeah. Just- and then
1: like he, the, the one, he grabbed my hair and he was playing with it, and he was like smelling me yeah. right in my ear and then um our friend who christiana who was in front of me she said that he put his finger in her ear and she so this is the other problem with our group of friends we could not take this seriously that's why we're hard to scare because we can't take once you start seriously. laughing it's kind of hard. exactly so her thing response was she said she didn't do it but she wanted to say "Ooh, harder yeah. <laughs> But then well, our I, friend, I think somebody
0: in the group shouted like, "Greg, did you just grab my butt?" Yeah,
1: like. Um,
0: and I'm like, I'm way up here. Yeah,
1: so? yeah. Our friend Phil's like something said something to the fact like, "Greg's touching my butt." Later, Greg, later, or something. <laughs> and so we all just started busting out laughing. And then it doesn't matter what the actors are doing because we're all laughing. In fact, the girl was trying to explain more rules to us, and we weren't even listening to her because we were all just like dying laughing.
0: See, I I was the one in front, so of course I heard the rules. Yeah. So I had to explain them later. Like if she said something about. Don't, not, never, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So, this room, like we said, it's a scary room. The main thing about it that's scary is it is dark.
0: That you can't see. They gave you one of those artificial candles. Yeah. That has less light than an actual candle. And Mm -hmm. I understand they're not going to give me an open flame because I could drop it and burn the entire place down. Yeah. Fine. That gives more light. But, you know, (laughs) that's fine. But, like... If you're gonna give me like one of these weak little candles at least give me like one that's a bit stronger than that yeah or give me two for a bigger group because yeah. we had six people with us which to th- this room is a full group yeah and many times like granted along the way we found other little candles we found other and little lost light sources other candles but then we would lose them along the way and okay granted i like that mechanic of mm-hmm. gain some light lose some light gain some light lose some light but I think to get just started off, at least, yeah, give us two candles.
1: Yeah, because we couldn't even get our bearings around the room. And then what kept happening is... So say like two people would be working together with a candle, but then there was always kind of two people who were like, I can't see anything, so I can't really help. Because
0: me. in the very first stage of any escape room is the discovery stage yeah. where you have to look around and you have to say, I found this, I found that.
1: And we couldn't see And anything. we're in
0: a room like, okay, so imagine you're in a room that's around like 400 square feet or mm-hmm. so, and it's pitch black except for this tiny candle that illuminates maybe three cubic feet at best. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to take forever to find... In fact, at one uh, point, I was like, let me have the candle and just do a very quick lap around the yeah. room. And everyone's sitting there in the dark, like, well, we got to wait till Greg gets back. Yeah, because we can't
1: see anything. And there was stuff in the middle of the room. There was, like, a chair and stuff. So people kept tripping over it yeah. and stuff. Um, so that that made it very difficult. Eventually, there was one room that was slightly brighter. And we had... we At one point, we did have two candles... But then um, the, one of the actors broke our candle. And I don't know if she did that on purpose or accident. Did she break it or I think she just took it? Yeah. So, okay. We, one of the things I do like about this room is they have this like way where they kind of corral you into different rooms. And mm-hmm. then you have to stay there. And then they move you to another room and then you have to kind of stay there. You're kind of constantly moving to different rooms, but you're isolated. There's no kind of going back and forth. You do go back and forth, but not until you're kind of done with that room.
0: And I like the way you said corral because... It's not like we're given a clue that says go here. You are literally and then corralled. like we just figure out that we have to go there. It's once we get the clue that says like essentially or like we get the idea that says go to the little girl's bedroom. That's when big old Uncle Robert comes out in his overalls and a stun gun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and chases and you. starts
0: screaming bloody murder and running at us. And we're like get the room, get the room, get the room. <laughs> yeah. So he it's like it's literally like a dog herding cattle. Yeah. It's. Get in there because I don't want to get attacked. They
1: essentially do things to keep you in the room because he was outside (laughs) and he kept kept banging on the door. At one point, because he's wearing this scary mask, there was a doggy door and he was looking in at it. And no one was paying attention. all of a sudden I looked down and I was like, oh, he's looking in. Like, once again, it didn't scare me. But I was like, oh, he's looking in. Okay.
0: Okay. So at one point we get into this room and there's a doggy door in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm the last group, the last one in our group of six to go into the room. Oh. And my... There's a little bit of light here, but like, you know, still, it's, it's still pretty dark. dark. yeah. And so everyone else has kind of already disseminated throughout the room. Yeah. We're until all like, This corner, that corner, you were by the bed. He's by the bookshelf, whatever. Yeah. And so I'm hanging up by the door, just kind of like strategizing, where can I go to help? Does anyone look like they maybe need a second opinion? Uh-huh. You know, just taking it in. Just yeah. really letting it soak in. And then I realized the door is starting to open behind me. <laughs> and I'm like... Not today. <laughs> like, I slam. I'm kind of a bigger guy. Yeah. It's so, like I slam my way against it and like holding it shut. And like I, I've played this game plenty of time with my sisters. That I know how to win this game of like hold the door closed. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of like am holding it closed, braced against it at like a 35 degree angle, saying to everybody like, "Solve faster." You yeah, know? I'm holding the door. <laughs> but I didn't realize that there was a docking door at the bottom because all of a sudden I feel this hand like grab my ankle. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> But at one point... But I'm still holding the door. Yeah. I didn't let go of the door. But at one point, like, I was realizing, guys, she really wants to get in. I think I kind of have to let... Because she's actually reaching up for the door handle, like, yeah. through the dog. You know, I'm like, I think she needs to come in. Like, yeah. let her in then. I'm like, if I let her in and something bad happens, your fault, Phil. Yeah. Your fault. <laughs> but,
1: okay, so she comes in and they have that technology. And she looks like the girl from The Ring. That's
0: how I have it. to give a personal story. Yes. <laughs> so... When The Ring came out uh-huh. in 2003, I think it was, maybe mm-hmm. 2004, I um, I saw it opening night, like midnight, because I was in high school. And I was on this date that went horribly. That's a long story. Um, but so in the movie The Ring, the girl famously, the TV would turn on on its own. Static would be there. The video would play. Yeah. They would crawl out of the TV. My TV in high school was programmed to like be like my alarm Mm. where i could program it to turn on on its own at certain times and like normally have it like turn on to like the news or something you know Uh so like i wake up hearing what the weather's going to be that's a good idea that night uh the tv came on and there must have been something wrong with the antenna because it came on too static static. (laughs) and i was so afraid to sleep that night i didn't i was like staring at my tv holding a baseball bat in my hand <laughs> and when that thing came off i charged it mm. i almost broke it i came like within <laughs> inches of swinging that bat and like just no not boom. today not now not ever <laughs> like it oh and i would have been so dead yeah.
1: <laughs> what's funny too about the the so she does she looks exactly like the girl from the ring so so
0: her looking like and, she's the girl from I the mean, ring i had issues with just on
1: its own clearly she was an adult because she works there right but she was very tiny i mean we're both a little bit taller anyway but she like maybe came up to my chin so that was kind of like funny because it was like oh she is kind of the size of a kid but when she (laughs) she looks like a child to your or my eyes yeah when she came in they have this technology where like your lights your handheld lights or go out so we we had like two at the time yeah and they both went out but one of our friends had found a third one, and hers was still working. And they were working on this like um, maze thing. Mm-hmm. And so they're working on it, and I'm like, "Oh well, at least your lights didn't come out." Well, then the actor goes up and fiddles with their light, and all of a sudden it goes out. And they hand it back to me, and like it's broken, like the bottom was fell out. Ugh. So I don't know if maybe it wasn't working, and she was supposed to make it turn off, and so she like just like broke it, or what. I just say but...
0: thanks that thanks, Laura. I know. I
1: damn." But yeah, so they basically, you just keep getting corralled into these different rooms. They do use something that was terrible, the scent.
0: We got put into this room.
1: Yeah. Which, okay, before we go there, though. So we come out of this one room, and we know we have to, like, jet to this other room, right? In fact, there was, one of the actors was hiding in the room throwing things at us. In fact, he threw a fake leg at us, and I was like, who throws a leg? Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Once again, we were not being scared by the actors. I think they were probably getting frustrated with us. Yeah. But automatically you, we start smelling something terrible. Mm-hmm. And we got crowded into this room that, oh my gosh.
0: So first of all, we go into the room and we're being chased by the guy with the stun gun like yeah. as the last of us going in. And... The door is just wide open, and like once again, I'm like Phil. Will you raise in the barn? Close the door, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, "Oh, sorry, boom." And I, I swear I heard the actor laugh on the other side. Oh my god, did yeah. you hear that? Um,
1: sorry right. they either thought we were funny or they hated us because yeah. we were just not like I, I, falling for it at all. I
0: think a little above.
1: probably. <laughs> I
0: think it was a funny hate relationship. Yeah. In. But anyway, so we're in this room, and it—the best way I can describe it to you, the listener, for what's in there is kitchen. There's yeah. a sink. There's what looks like a chopping block, like a wooden kind it's of like...
1: It's like a kitchen if, if it, it was owned by a
0: butcher. Oh, you know what it is? It's like a laundry room, actually. Because remember there was that towel Oh, hanging? yeah. So it's like a really small laundry room with like just a like metal sink, like a washing sink and like a little wooden block for like yeah. maybe like that's your workshop your bench work or, something. Bench or something. So it's a very tiny room. But the smell overwhelms us that our friend Christiana Best described it as... A cat soup kitchen where it just smelled like a bunch of male cats just like spray and, and marked their territory and, yeah. all in there. Yeah. And it was very like nauseating.
1: Yeah, it was like over. You get
0: used to it a little bit used- over time yeah. but even still like the fact that we had to keep that we had to go back to the room like two or three times uh-huh. and we t- didn't get any better. You know?
1: Yeah. So and we so we ended up escaping this one with mm-hmm. a good couple minutes still left on the clock. I want to say like fifteen. That was minutes the or thing so. that was
0: very interesting about this yeah. is that we had no concept of time.
1: No, no, no. We I like literally didn't know if we were like about to lose yeah. or not. I because had no they make idea. you
0: take your watches off, uh-huh. like or at least the Fitbit ones, which yeah. I had because we they don't have actual yeah. light. And so no one had an actual watch in them.
1: And no they have one has no a phone no to check time. The There's
0: room. not a single clock to be found. So, and at one point we were stuck on this one particular section dealing with like dark ritual spells or whatever uh-huh. and i'm thinking to myself man we spent like what must have been at least 10 minutes trying to figure this yeah, out I like, like we
1: were in there a long time And like,
0: i'm trying to do like the math like you know how when you're at a restaurant i like to play this game when i eat out with friends like i try to guess what the bill is going to be uh-huh. like okay lauren you got this that was about 12 dollars i you know you kind of start to add it up so i'm like okay yeah so we spent about gosh, it must have been eight minutes in the first room just from more around <laughs> than a couple minutes here. And I'm doing the math. I'm like, we must have, like, three minutes left. Yeah. Like, there's no way. And it turns out we got out with, like, 12 minutes to spare. And I'm like, no, there's no, Yeah, no. like,
1: I, I literally had, I lost all concept of time yeah. while we were in there. Yeah, which, I mean, it's cool, but I do like having the clock. Because, like I said, I didn't know if we were close to winning or losing.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like,
1: I guess it didn't really matter in the end. Well, it
0: just that gave me an extra level of anxiety. Yeah. Which in a room like this is appreciated because it just adds on to it. Yeah. But at the same time, like as a player, I like to, I mean, I feel hypocritical for saying, I like to know when I should step up my game because my game should always be stepped up. True. You know? Yeah. But I feel that in most rooms when we've come to like, we're coming up on five minutes left. That's my brain. Like, turns the gnaws on kicks into overdrive it's like okay really start analyzing everything
1: you get that pressure builds and you you know sometimes you perform better Um,
0: it's like studying like right before the test yeah
1: and normally so normally also in rooms we base our time on you know if we need a hint or not Mm -hmm. so we'll say okay we've spent five Five minutes minutes
0: doing nothing yeah
1: just like we're just you know we're floundering here so let's ask for a hint so that we can at least get back on track but see with this room is you don't really ask for hints. They I was sort of say I don't think there was a hint system. Right? No, they sort of they have like an audio track playing that plays canned messages to oh, kind of help right. you that's along right. the way. Yeah. Which is good and bad. I, I don't really like being provided hints mm-hmm. um, unless I ask specifically. Yeah. And also there were at least two points in the room where their canned responses didn't help us. You know, there was one room where oh, we were yeah, having... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we were having a terrible pr- trouble because because it was so dark, we couldn't find the clue that just cleared everything up. It told us exactly what we needed to do, yeah. but we couldn't find it because
0: it was just so dark. And there's some of the message that was, like, way too vague for us to, like, okay, I know, like, yeah. I know that, but, like... You need to be a bit more hungry. Yeah,
1: it was kind of like something like they kept saying, finish the spell. And we're like, we we know, but we don't have what we need to yeah. do that. Like, we, we don't
0: have it. Like, at what point do they just go like, it's it's behind bookcase. You just need to, Yeah, you know, right. Like, what point do they, like, just get on exactly, the microphone like, and like. Exactly, because like, they
1: kept telling us that. And we're like, we understand what you're saying, but we can't find this thing. We don't know where it is. We're missing something. You know, so there was that time. And then there was another time where um, we were putting in the right combination and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And they actually slid They sent us a, a note
0: like, no, you got that right. Yeah, Just... they
1: slid us a handwritten note that says, no, that's right. Just try again. <laughs> because they knew, like, we were like, we, you know, this is what the answer has to be. What's yeah. going on here?
0: At least that shows you they're paying attention. Though. Yeah, but, true. But here's my reason I don't like the canned messages. Mm-hmm. Is because, especially if it's an audio file, like that is because people will be explaining what their ideas are. Like, I'll be describing you. I think it might be this. I think it might be uh-huh. that. And then someone realized they're saying something. Anyone, shut up.
1: Yeah, I can't hear what they're shut saying. Shut
0: up. I can't hear. And the problem is, like, A, that kind of builds a little, like, you you don't want to say, like, yeah, can you can you, can you, you be quiet for just a minute? Because, no, I'm, it's going on right it's now. It's going on right now. You like, know? I need to express and so, to you to be so, like, quiet. Yeah, and so, like, you get a little bit of, like, a, I don't want to say hostility, but like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? it,
1: it comes off as mean, and you hate to and, tell people to shut and up. And you don't want
0: to like ruin your group dynamic yeah. or synergy, you know? But then the other problem is that, like I said, if someone is trying to convey a theory to someone else and then you stop them
1: uh-huh.
0: mid thought, you can completely derail yeah. their idea. And it could have been right yeah. or it could have led to something that's building and mm-hmm. right, you know? So the idea that they. When rooms provide you with answers, or uh-huh. r- not answers, but w- when rooms provide you with clues and they're canned and you didn't ask for it. If I'm asking for it, uh-huh. if I turn to the camera or just wave my arms up and down and say the magic word of I would like a clue and it's a canned message, that's okay because everyone understands we are asking for a clue. Everyone listen up and yeah. pay attention. But if you're going to provide it to me without me asking uh-huh. and it's a canned message, Then we have a problem because like I said, it's going to disrupt the flow of other people.
1: Some some of the problems I've had with canned messages in the past too have been sometimes I'm like, okay, like we had an instance where we did this room and their clue message was you would ask for a clue and they would slip something under the door. This included Polaroids of where to find stuff. And the problem was, one of the things was like super well-hidden, no one would ever find it. And they have a Polaroid of where it is. And I and I said, you know, if you have to have a Polaroid of this, it's you, not know, a good place. you know that a lot of people don't find this, maybe you should rethink it. So sometimes with cam messages, I feel like, okay, if you know this is something that everybody struggles with, maybe you need to rethink it. I mean, yeah. there is true where it's like... A lot of people kind of get hung up on this one thing. So we have to have a message. But I I think it's a balance, you know. Well, well, no,
0: I think you're right. I think if the majority of people are noticeably getting caught up in this, then you need to smooth that out. If you're driving down a road Mm -hmm. and a lot of people wipe out on this one section of a road, you need to evaluate what's wrong with that section of the road. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I I don't don't think it's – it doesn't mean that it's always the case that there's something wrong with the room. But it's a good, you know, chance to check that. The only room I can say, well, and then also one of the problems I think when you're not asking asking for clues, but clues are being provided, mm. is it really depends on the game master whether or not they're helping you or not. Yeah. Um, for yeah. instance, I recently had this conversation on one of the Escape Enthusiast boards where they were talking about another room, which I believe we covered here, um, the Cromwell escape. Yes. And they were saying that the actor was helping them a bunch.
0: It didn't help that me. was
1: not our experience. Actor didn't help us at all. In fact, he was purposely trying to distract us and scare us, which made the room more difficult. Because even though it wasn't, it's not a super hard room, but when you're constantly being distracted and you're constantly being like, where'd that guy go? You know, you can't focus. Yeah. And that's what makes that room challenging. And so i was like that's weird i said maybe you had a different actor or also you know maybe because rooms do change over time sure so maybe you went early on and we went later on or vice versa yeah exactly so maybe it's something that's changed so i do think that can influence it and i know there's a room that we did in fact it was our first escape room
0: i was gonna say and our
1: friends did it later on and they said that the the game master whoever it was that day kept giving them clues that they didn't need and they were like stop telling us the answer you know like you're you're helping us too much we don't want that help Mm -hmm. so i think it really depends on
0: like are you trying to get me out of here do you get somewhere you got to be yeah
1: yeah the only room i think that's done a really good job with that is the okay the basement doesn't provide any clues you don't get to ask for clues or anything no the actors sometimes will help you a little bit
0: but the thing is it's an unreliable like, exactly.
1: Oh yeah. And they always do it kind of in a way that's not always helpful. Like they'll do it in a riddle or they'll, you know what I mean? They won't really point it out. Yeah. Really. But in their newest room, the elevator shaft, a couple points in the room, if you listen through this hole, you can hear like this track of um, Tandy, the serial killer talking.
0: Mm-hmm. Or somebody yeah
1: Yeah, and you can hear him talking, and so if you kind of listen, like he will say a couple things that might help you. A and little you bit. can
0: figure out how to decipher that, that exactly. It, yeah. yeah,
1: and it and it's sort of something that's just triggered every now and then, playing or something. So it's one of those things that it's not necessarily like you can take it or leave it kind mm-hmm. of thing. And even if you get it, it might not help you. Yeah, you know. So that's and why I think, I I think I that's of... something
0: that's more rooms need is audio clues. Mm. Not a clue in terms of like let me help you with this section that you're stuck on, but a clue is in this will come back later. Yeah. This is something that you need to pick up for later. Mm-hmm. But it's an audio thing. So come back here and listen again yeah. when the time is right. But so going into the actual um Zoe room though, with the puzzles. Yes. This room relies heavily upon fear. To yes. disable your logical thinking skills mm-hmm. and make even mundane things seem impossible. Yes. The actual description of it uh, from some review that we had was, uh, you know, you'll be surprised how hard it is just to put a key in a lock for a door that you know works. It's just a basic key to open your door like yeah. at your house. It's really hard to do that when you have a guy chasing you with a stun gun. <laughs> yeah. Which, granted, that's true. But... I think we didn't experience that as much because we were laughing and kind and of we out of And we weren't that scared, yeah. But the stun gun scared me, I'll admit. Yeah. Like, when when the it guy was first came out, when the guy first came out, I was the only one who had the, the candle. Yeah. And he came out, and I hid it behind my back, thinking like, "You're not gonna see me." Yeah. I took it out briefly just to see where he is. He saw the light source towards me. He came charging at me. I hit it again. Yeah, because like, nope. he
1: would like run up right in your face with it. And then I like, yeah. like took three
0: steps to the left. So, You know, yeah. just no thank you.
1: Um. Yeah, I think that, so this room, the way I have described it to people is, it's like a haunted house. Yeah, it's like a hunt. walkthrough haunted house. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a scavenger hunt. Puzzle wise, there really aren't any. There's the not, only thing I could think it's it's was It's more a, about finding yeah. things and and all of the audio stuff is just like hand holding you through everything. Yeah. So it's really it's more like I found this clue and it says oh you need to put this here okay and you put it here. That's not really a puzzle. That's not really a solving thing.
0: Yeah. There's only like a couple things that you could qualify as puzzles. Yeah. One was like the piano thing. Mm-hmm. You know where you had to like play a there certain There was a song. couple of
1: things right at the beginning that were. Solving. There was
0: that one that that maze thing in the in her bedroom yeah. that you had to do, and then there was that. There was that one where it's like. Uh, we had to find the thing. Well, no, that's not even a puzzle for this safe. Remember the combination safe? Yeah. Where it's like we had to find where that number was, and I was trying to explain to people like it's like uh, this, but like yeah. it's not this. And where is it? And like we, it was just. It was a hide find it,
1: find it. Yeah, it was a find it. It thing. wasn't
0: even a puzzle. It was like a the puzzle is find these numbers yeah. that are somewhere in this room.
1: Yeah. So that was you know in the end it was like is this really an escape room? I don't know like.
0: I I, I like your description better. I feel that this is more on the edge of scavenger hunt yeah it's a scary scavenger hunt
1: yeah and then um my other problem with the room is that you know i i get making it dark making it creepy building into that fear that makes it more difficult because you're Mm -hmm. kind of scared or you're you can't focus i i like that yeah i think cromwell does that really well i think the basement does that really Mm -hmm. well but um my problem here was they were just use really relying heavily on not being able to see and not knowing what's going to pop out at you. And the problem was it was so hard to see we couldn't we couldn't appreciate as far as details because mm-hmm. we couldn't see them. And also people were getting hurt. Yeah. Two of our friends got hurt. Our friend Phil almost got his finger smashed in a door. And because the guy
0: like slammed the door and his fingers were his like hands right, were right, next right to... there, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there's another kind of physical element which I do like in rooms, but this one it was done in a way that our one of our friends got hurt because she banged her knee because we didn't have enough light and because it was kind of in an awkward place so she couldn't yeah. see what we were doing, um. So like that was kind of problematic, I think.
0: I agree. Yeah. The other thing, and you know, I'm kind of backtracking here, but the beginning part of any escape room is the discovery phase and, and to limit that. the fact that the entire group has to be in one spot at any one time uh-huh. really really stinks
1: yeah if
0: if they had given us two candles even those little credit candles mm-hmm. that barely give any life if you give me two of those at the beginning at least one group can stay here and focus yeah. on something that we find while another group can go off and explore more yeah because the really th- the thing about a lot of puzzles in escape rooms is that oftentimes you'll find a thing but it's not complete you need to go find piece a and b to put into the thing Uh so that you can actually have it function or process or whatever yeah and it's really hard to go looking for those other things when you can't see when you can't see and you may not realize that you need these other pieces until you've spent a good amount of time on there and let's just say five minutes, right? But five minutes in an hour-long room, Makes a big that's difference. one-twelfth of your entire time there. Yeah. And that adds up fast.
1: Yeah. The the other problem is I think, you know, maybe... Okay, so say you have two lights. And a couple times we did have two candles. Rarely mm. did we have two. But every once in a while we did get two. Thankfully, we did catch on to um, either Greg or our friend Phil, who are the tallest, would hold the candle really high, yeah. which would help spread the light a little bit more. So that helped. But... um. I don't think this room should go up to six because no. of that. Because there were many times where at least one, if not two of us, were sort of left out because And we you're just standing there like I can't see anything. Yeah, so, you're I like, I do. want to help, I want to contribute, but I can't see anything. And
0: the light the candles gave us such little light that you can't really crowd around most yeah. things. More than two people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um so that yeah, that was kind of my big problem with this room is it's just too dark. To, you know, it's like, I, I don't mind the darkness. I think that's a fine mechanic to use. Yeah. But this one just takes it a little too far. I agree. And especially when people are getting hurt. That's yeah. where I feel like it kind of crosses the line. So
0: I think how you fix it is give out at least one more, if not two more candles. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, maybe you can figure out how many people are going to be in the group and round it down to half. Yeah. You know, if there's going to be six people in the group, give yeah. three candles. If there's or, going to be four, give two.
1: You know, the, the hardest part with the light, although the, the physical act, that was kind of, that was the one where I think really you should have more light just for safety's sake. Yeah. But um, what if the room, when you first come in, because you're blindfolded, so it doesn't yeah. matter that, it, you know, it's dark, obviously, right? Yeah. But then what if you have a little bit of light and then as you start discovering stuff and realize it's haunted, then it gets dark. Yeah. So that you kind of have had at least an initial... You're familiar with the I'm, room. Yeah, I'm familiar with the room, but then it gets dark. And like, also, I would appreciate that not
0: more. Not to give away any of the story, but you're kind of dealing with, like we said, a, a little girl's spirit and other, uh-huh. you know, otherworldly things. So maybe that fits within the theme of like the more progress you make, the darker things get, yeah. both physically and spiritually, uh-huh. you know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that goes along with it. That's fantastic. Uh huh. You know, but yeah, it's just they, they drown you in darkness and they're like, okay, can you swim? Yeah. And it's like, I, I didn't take that feat. I don't have dark vision.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also found the ending to be a little anticlimactic. We, we it was kind of like on this, like, you didn't even know. I was like, oh, we go out these doors. And you're like, we do? And I'm like, yeah. And you didn't even know we were going outside, yeah. which I had realized already.
0: And, and here here's the one thing that I thought was also strange. At one point, the game very specifically tells you one person oh, has yeah. to go off that by, thems- of by themselves yeah. to go do this other thing. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah, literally all he had to do is just go to this other room that we've been to before yeah. and get the one thing and be, literally be given something. Yeah, be the, given something. The, the girl will be there and she will be like, here you go. Yeah. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Yeah. You know, kind of like a little Zelda reference. Uh, but like, I don't know if I like that or not because, yes, it does increase the fear factor of like, okay, who's going to draw straws to go? Who has to go, yeah. To like Because we're, we're kind of in a safe room. So essentially they're saying, go out to the scary room where the guys with stun guns are. Uh Go down the hall into the other room where the girls' girl is, get something from her, come back to the stun gun room, and then back here, you know. And we were just kinda like, well, Phil's dead. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because he took a while too, so we're like, what happened to him? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's kind of it's kind of annoying because it doesn't allow the other players to do anything during that time. Because during that time, standing
0: waiting. Yeah. Because if we were doing something else, yeah, and then he had to go do that while we're doing it, that, that's fine. But it's at a point where the game is designed that you don't get to that instruction until everything else has been checked off the list. Yeah. And all you need is that one last thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or at least until the next part. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, it, I mean, it was cool because one person has to be kind of brave and mm-hmm. go go it alone. But yeah, at the same time, like I like separating the group but this one it didn't really make sense because we didn't have to like he didn't have to like go somewhere else and relay something yeah, to us or because anything.
0: in other times we've been separated, there's still stuff for the other group to yeah. do. In in one of the uh the basement ones, I forget which one it is, but like we're separated. And while I'm in the other room doing stuff, mm-hmm. you guys can be doing stuff too. You, or I might be relaying instructions to you. Yeah. Like, I can see this that you cannot see. Do this, do that, do the other thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's really brilliant about one of the basement's rooms is they actually split you twice and you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. You start off separated, you come back together, and then they separate you again. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like that mechanic. And um, But you're not separated for long. And like you said, there's people... You're still interacting yeah w- with this room yeah i think the separation would be cool but like they you need to have the other, the rest of us were literally just standing there staring at each other
0: just like so you like, want to get what do you want to eat after
1: yeah this? or like we were teasing our friend like oh well i guess your husband's gone
0: <laughs> so um you back on the market yet yeah <laughs> you know,
1: kind of... um so i i wish they would have done something else with that mm-hmm. um i, I i'll say the main thing i like about this room is the fact that they kind of corral you to different rooms
0: no, like I said, that's that, fine that, I like it's that just, mechanic. I feel like this, okay, this does meet the definition of an escape room, but only just. Yeah. I think it's better to qualify it as a haunted house scavenger hunt, like you said. Uh-huh. But like, it's still a fun experience if you like scary things. Yeah, and
1: I can see why some people were way too freaked out because it definitely, yeah. it you know, there's certain things that it might really mess with you depending on, you know, if you're afraid of people touching you and stuff like that. Or
0: certain, like, ghosts or whatever. Yeah,
1: or things popping out at you.
0: Or smells, you know. But, oh, yeah, the smell is bad. But, um, just, I don't know. I I keep getting torn about if I really enjoyed myself or not. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, I did, but at the same time, I was hoping for maybe a bit more.
1: Well, yeah, and so I think that's an important point because this room comes highly recommended. It gets rave reviews on all the sites, People on the um, Facebook enthusiast board were saying this was their favorite room they've ever done. You know, people were just raving about it. So I was like, oh my gosh, we have to go do this room. It sounds awesome. You know, it's supposed to be super scary. It's supposed to be all these things. And then we got there and we were like, okay, well, granted, we don't scare easily. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, there's that. I can see where it is scary. I wasn't scared, but I can see where it is scary. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, but this isn't difficult. This isn't, I'm not solving any puzzles. It's not ticking those escape room boxes of what I go to an escape room for, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's where I was kind of like, ah, it's okay. Like, everyone still talks so great about it. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. But I think, you know, the, the other room that we mentioned, Cromwell, which is very close to this room, in fact... Um, physically yeah it does um very similar things with being kind of scary and having but it has more of an actual escape room yeah it has an actor in there purposely trying to distract you by scaring you and things like that to make it more difficult for you to focus Mm -hmm. so it does the same thing but it's it's you it is it does have puzzles you have to solve things you know it's more of an escape room it
0: is yeah and I think if you divorce the fear factor from the actual escape room in here, uh uh-huh.
1: it's yeah, it,
0: it's a it's a crummy room. Yeah, it's not good at all in terms of the actual puzzle layout. But if you do the same thing with Cromwell, mm-hmm. that's still a decent room. It yeah. still has decent puzzles and you know a relatively good time. So that's really the main difference is, is. The room itself stand alone still enjoyable fear factor no and in this case i have to say no like if i had younger people with me like you know kids Uh, and who like i didn't think they had the mental capacity for an escape room and i could do this one without the fear yeah this is great for them this is great for my nieces to like solve the puzzles like find the dolly and put it in the dollhouse you know kind of thing yeah
1: exactly you know
0: but but in Of course, I'm not gonna take him to this thing because it'll scare the the Jesus out of him. But you know, it's yeah, it's. I have to say this is gonna fall near the bottom of my list. Yeah, just because of the mere fact that I feel like it doesn't fully meet the definition of what an escape room is should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing it kind of has going for me is this room's considered very scary, and it did not scare us. So I feel like a bragging right of we were not scared by Zoe.
0: I have to point out something. You were were a
1: little more scared, I think, than I was. Well, because, like I
0: said, I have a history of issues with girls with long black Uh hair and white dresses. She
1: literally came up and, like, growled in my face and I just laughed at her. And meanwhile, I oh. saw her come in
0: the room and yeah. I was like, I don't know if you saw me. I was backing away. I was hiding behind one yeah, of my friends going that, like, no, thank you. The other
1: part was, um, so at one point when you were still holding the door, so one thing that they do do it's, it's kind of clever is they have a fake ceiling Mm. And they have stuff up there that they will drop on you periodically. Mm. You thought we were throwing stuff I at I thought him. you were throwing something at me. I'm like, go through that. they were dropping stuff on us. Um, and so there was a bunch of stuff on the ground, like stuffed animals and stuff. Yeah. And the guy is peering through the door or whatever. So I actually kicked one of the stuffed animals and shot it right through the door and, like, hit him. And he, like, threw it back at me That's at fantastic. One point. <laughs> the other thing um, that I did, like, is... At one point, when you go back into the main room, they've changed things. Yeah, they move furniture around. And they, like, move the actors around and stuff. So that was kind of clever.
0: I like that. Yeah, it kind of, like, gives a little bit more uneasiness. Like, something's different. What's different? Yeah,
1: something's different.
0: different, Yeah. We're looking at the website right now Mm -hmm. of the actual page for Zoe. It says it's an hour, two to six players, medium difficulty. Here's my problem. It's the only room here, yet it gives itself a seven out of ten ghosts for scariness. I know. But, like... If this is your only one, shouldn't that be yeah. ten out of ten? Like,
1: I think they're working on another room, but they've been working on it for a long time. So
0: maybe they're just giving themselves room to grow. Yeah, you or know, maybe like, they're just. Yeah. we have we can, we know we can go scarier. We're yeah. just you know we're holding back on you guys right now.
1: Yeah, they have this other room that's been coming soon for a while.
0: And that's only a five out of ten for ghosts.
1: Yeah, but it's supposed to be hard.
0: Yeah, but. I mean,
1: I would okay. I didn't dislike it enough that I wouldn't go back and try their new room. I would like to see what they do with a different I'd theme. be willing to try, but
0: yeah. I'm, you know, begrudgingly so. I think if there's another room nearby that I've heard that would be better, uh-huh. I'd probably do that first. Yeah. You know, it, it would really have to be you would talk me into, like, okay, let's go try their other room the last experiment. Because
1: we haven't, you know, done anything. <sighs> okay. Yeah, yeah and that, the other thing is they are near a lot of really good rooms. Like we said, you know, this is a really highly rated room, and we just were a little bit let down by it.
0: I mean, like I like I said... I don't think it's a terrible room. No. I'm not saying don't do this room. I'm saying... Know what you're getting into. It's not quite what you might expect. Yeah. It has its merits. It has its strong points. It's just... If you're going and expecting difficult puzzles that will challenge you mentally Uh and be rewarding to fulfill...
1: And teamwork.
0: You're not going to get a lot of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're a really big fan of like... um, Oh... What is it? Universal you know, Universal Horror. I Night. was gonna say, or yeah. not Scary Farm. Of, of, you will love if you're
0: goodness. a big fan of because Universal Studios used to have a walk through haunted house thing that's based upon uh-huh. like Van Helsing or something like that. Where they have all the scary things like how oh, Chucky's coming to get you. Yeah. I mean. If you're a fan of that kind of stuff, or like you said, like just the Halloween, like you walking around the park and guys are chasing uh-huh. you, whatever. This is up your alley. Yeah. This would be fantastic. And
1: I will say the the Escape um, kind of rating review site that we most trust. Those guys started out as haunt guys, so this. Okay, that, this room, that Yeah, this room is right up there. Alex. This
0: is just yeah. This is their. This is on point for them.
1: Yeah, it's just for us. You know, it's like okay, well, it's scary, but as a, yeah, you know, it's just that's not on point. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's so. not our thing. So that does it for Zoe. Let's talk so, about something we yeah, didn't like, like. That
0: that wasn't necessarily our favorite room, but you know what is our favorite. Our Friday favorites. All right, Lauren. So. Friday favorites.
1: So we were talking about expansions earlier, and I have an expansion that is new to us. It's a, one that we got during um, the International Tabletop Day. Yes. And that is the new Ticket to Ride France and Old West. We've only played that once, but um, and our friends were a little um, hesitant about it. It definitely is much more difficult. Because it's a
0: much bigger map. It's a
1: huge map. Oh my gosh, it's it so has big. like
0: three folds.
1: Yeah. Um, so the the difference um, we only played the France side so far, but the difference of the France side is that most of the routes, not all of them, are not um, a certain color that corresponds to the cards, mm-hmm. and you actually have these little um, kind of separate routes. That um, as you pick up cards, you also have to put out these, and they determine the color of the route. Yeah. And what we and didn't...
0: And they can also... Oh, sorry. I think oh, you know, well. the crossover. Yeah, they can
1: also cross over routes, making the other routes unusable.
0: Which really messed up my game.
1: Yeah. And what we didn't realize going into it is there are not enough of them there are not enough to fill the board even
0: if so you cooperate you and out. make it work out you will run out of like oh i don't have any more ones that are four spaces long
1: yeah so it, it doesn't even matter not even an issue about running
0: out of colors is the issue running about the number of the spaces the number of
1: spaces yeah and and the longer the longer ones have less so um, one of the problems that we ran into is it's not you know normally it's i can't get the cards to get to that route i want this wasn't even about I can't get the cards. This is, I can't even build that route there. There is no route going the way I need to go. I'm just going to have my so train I'm derail. Just...
0: We're going to go cross-country yeah. guys.
1: <laughs> Off-roading. I've
0: seen them do it in Polar Express. Yeah. Where he's like, left, right on the <laughs> on the frozen lake. I think yeah. I can pull this off. It's, it's <laughs> grass, but I can still do it, right?
1: <laughs> so that was, I think, you know, I think our friends were a little hesitant. I think we need to play it some more to get used to it. Mm-hmm. But that's my, new, my favorite this month.
0: That's a fantastic one. I I very much agree. <laughs> though, um, I think I'd like to try the other side, the Wild yeah. West one, because we haven't tried that one yet, personally. It looks interesting. Uh-huh. Um, my Friday favorite, though. Now watch me mix it enough. Up the top I was going right
1: to say, now. see, what you guys don't know is Greg is very mad at me this second because apparently I stole his Friday favorite.
0: See, what you don't we know... We don't discuss
1: this ahead of see, time. See,
0: what you don't know is I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> um, no, my Friday... My perfect Sunday is <laughs> yeah. a lovely walk on the beach, <laughs> other than Ticket to Ride. I think the one game I would like to play this coming Friday, uh, I've been wanting to play it for a while and I know I'm not going to get it unless we can devote our entire time to this, mm-hmm. is I really want to play a nice long game of Risk. Oh. I really want to get into it. Okay personal story Mm -hmm. it's it's a long story to explain who it is but let's just say i know this guy right i know a guy and i found out recently that he's never seen the lord of the rings oh and i i walk in on him in the living room and he is in the middle of watching the two towers Mm -hmm. and he's like wow there's a bunch of like you know goblins or whatever Mm -hmm. here and i'm like those are Orcs and Urkai. <laughs> yeah. and he goes like, "Yeah," and there's like this guy with a sword and this guy with a bow. I'm like, "It's an elf. It's Legolas. Yeah. How do you not know it's Legolas?" Yeah,
1: you can't. You can't start the movies with and, on the second and one.
0: Trying to explain to him the importance of the ring yeah. without him knowing anything about the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings or anything, I was like, "It's like the nuclear option. Like yeah. people." So I, because I have Lord of the Rings risk, mm-hmm. kind of want to go do that. Just so <laughs> it's 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 like an itch an that I itch. have to yeah. scratch. It's like I. He pointing out, hey, did you know that your arm's itchy? Your arm is itchy right now, isn't it? It's so itchy, but don't scratch it. Like, oh. And, like, I don't... I could just go watch the movies, mm-hmm. but why not just play the game? Yeah. So, yeah. So, other than Ticket to Ride, which I'd be happy to do, <laughs> that would be my selfish... But then again, we've discussed before, that's a long game. It's a long that game. That one right there is, we're gonna... This is a this this is game. Night, yeah. With Ticket to Ride, we can at least do a couple other things, maybe, yeah. depending... But for the Lord of the Rings, like, that's going to be one, maybe two game nights, depending. Mm. I think that just about does it, though, for this time, for Friday's game night. You know, we had a good time. I had a good time. Happy birthday to me. I had a birthday recently, by the way, (laughs) uh, this past uh, Memorial Day weekend. So yay, you know, uh, barbecue for my birthday. Yeah, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time in July with another barbecue on the 4th. It's all barbecue season.
1: Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye!